The city of Amaranthine. Massive, ancient, and immutable. A thousand empires have risen in her shadow, and she has outlived them all. In her streets and under them, mortals of every class and calling struggle to find their place. All beneath the gaze of the city's silent and deathless queen. Welcome to The Exquisite Lich, an actual play Dungeons & Dragons anthology podcast where players and DMs from across the community come together to tell short stories in a setting that we're building as we go. With each adventure, a new set of players gets to add elements to the world, establishing new religions, uncovering ancient kingdoms, putting classic elements into new context, and filling the landscape with life. Let's see who's joining us today. Uh, so, if I use the same introduction we used last time, which I probably will, the last thing uh-huh. that I said was, let's see who's joining us today. So now we just introduce ourselves. Uh, I guess I'll go first because I'm producing. Yep. Uh, I'm Vin Labate. I am a player on the Chimera, a, an actual play, role-playing adventure podcast. Once again, I really don't have a good one-line introduction for that. But you can <laughs> find us um, on your iTunes and various apps under the Chimera or at ChimeraPod on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to stop now so one else go. Okay, uh, I am Shogun. I am the DM Mimic King of the Mimic Knights stream that happens every other Tuesday on the Welcome to the Party uh, Twitch channel. Welcome Party RPG uh, is is what it's called if you search for it on Twitch. And then I also, on the same channel, run every other Thursday uh, a Shadowrun New Atlantis game. And yeah, that's all I do. And I will also be running this game, hopefully, unless I can maybe pawn it off on someone else. Hostile takeover. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My name is Chase. I am the GM and host of Another Path, a uh, theatrical tabletop adventure. Uh, We're kind of a mix of Lord of the Rings meets It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with a side of Whose Line Is It Anyway? And yeah. And we are uh, we release every other Wednesday on wherever you get podcasts, which is way too few times. I need more. (laughs) So um, I'm Tracy. I play the character Keela on the Broadswords. We are an all woman actual play 5e D&D podcast. We're uh, inclusive and very story driven. Uh, We release every other Saturday, so we actually just released an episode today, and um, we have a very special episode coming up in two weeks, our next episode, because Travis McElroy is going to be a guest, and we are all so jealous. He's so so cool, cool, (laughs) y'all. I I, I met him once, and it was kind of the highlight of my year. Aww. And he plays a, a character who's just absolutely fantastic. Like it's not it's not Magnus Burnside's. I'll tell everybody, but his character <laughs> is really wonderful. Awesome, cool. Um, is there anything else we need to do before we can jump into it? Uh, nothing that I thought of in advance. No. Yep, I'm okay, ready. Sweet. I'm ready to game. Yeah. So. Let's play to my strengths, Mm -hmm. which is um, mainly laziness. So we're just going to skip right to, uh, let's say, a festival. Perfect. In the grand, huge, awesome city that is Amaranthine, 
we're going to jump into this thing that if you pass by, you could maybe be mistaken and think it's just a trash heap or a dump. And this is the main clan property, which was property that was so low value, no one ever claimed it, so the goblins moved in. It is pretty big. It's made up of tents and little huts just out of any material that they can find. Very low quality, but there are a lot of people there. There are a lot of people there, and there's a couple things that you could define as buildings that break up the garbage. There's the kitchen where they store all their food and prep everything, and that is an actual building with actual candlelight, and right outside of it is many varied in design and origin tables and chairs set out for every member to be able to sit down and have a meal all together. You all, I imagine, unless, unless you tell me otherwise, are in this area as a festival meal is growing close during times of hardship they basically fast until a festival happens and they do a festival approximately every three days (laughs) (laughs) so yes because they that's that's how they do it they conserve a bunch of food and then on those festivals they actually feed everyone and people actually get to have food and so it is gaps of kind of sucky weeks and then you get the festival and everyone has a good time because that is the the way that the Withermary clan works. Remember the good times, forget all of the bad times, just wait till the next festival. Everything will be okay. And so probably 30 more minutes before the festival is going. You guys are not going to be sent on any jobs until after the festival because you need to have a good send-off. Uh, that they, they try to base all their jobs, like sending people out on dangerous jobs, on the festivals of you stick around, have the, send, the festival be your send-off. Mm-hmm. So you know there's a job, a dangerous job. You know you've been transferred into the rat catchers but you don't know any more details than that. Where would you be? What kind of thing would you be interested in or hanging around uh, in this area? And also, just again, because I'm lazy, run me by your names and descriptions again. Um, So I'm going to be playing the character of Meg, and I am a fighter goblin. And as I am... I would say, what is the closest area to where the food is going to come from? Is there like a, you know, a kitchen door where the food is going to be coming from? Yep. There's these squat, short, but wide double doors. Like, they were stolen or recuperated from a bar. So there's those like kind of like Texas style, like tavern doors that like Mm -hmm. swing in Mm -hmm. and have no uh, latch or anything. But for us... For, for the goblins, that's a full height door. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to be sitting literally as close to this door as possible with my napkin tucked into the top of my shirt, holding on to my fork and knife, just waiting for food to be placed in front of me. Uh, so my character is old Mr. Crow Eater. He is an elderly but fairly sturdy, still goblin. Um, and he's probably helping out in the kitchen. 
he's not necessarily, you know, a chef or anything, but he's very good at passing things, fetching things, and he wants to be helpful. So he's probably just bustling around doing whatever anyone asks him to. All right. In that case, you would be working under um, Miss Aline, the elderly grandma to the entire clan who moves stuff around. She, she, if she ever decided to, she could just say, I'm in charge because she is the cook of the clan. And so she could just say, I'm the boss now. She doesn't, uh, but she totally could, both by force of wit and the fact that she makes everyone's food. Um, she would be telling you, all right, all right, honey, could you uh, pass me that over there? I'll be making special for you. I'll be making a blackbird pie. We'll, we'll serve it up for everyone. Have a good good day. We're a little bit short blackbirds today, but we'll, we'll make it do. Uh, we'll just need a bit more water, a little bit more milk. And so she's going around employing her superior skill of stretching food. All right. Um, I will be playing Condolence Crub, uh, the paladin to the pile, also goblin. And uh, uh, Condolence would be in the chapel, making his probably his final alms before he leaves, because he is planning on this being an all night affair. He is planning on trying to get a, a tight eight hours of sleep in there, you know, just get a, a good a good full belly, a good night's sleep before heading out. So this is going to be his last little bit of quiet time before he leaves and does this very dangerous thing. Yep, you're in the the little shack that is the chapel it would almost look like a like a a specifically musically enthusiastic teenager's room <laughs> with posters spread across the walls because they don't have enough room so there's mm. just these posters for every deity that they know of mm-hmm. plastered all over the walls slightly overlapping each other because there's not much room and by the very nature of the pile i am worshiping all of them awesome and the dinner bell rings. Uh, in fact, uh, the lady Elise says, "All right, please go go out and ring the dinner bell and, and take your seat. I'll I'll have the little ones help me uh, load the food out. Thank you very much." Of course. A crow eater sort of trundles outside, runs up to the bell, and rings it with extreme gusto. Dinner, everyone. Meg starts to do a little dance. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, Krub stands up and dusts himself off, nods one more to each of the posters, and then leaves. Right on. Uh, there would be a couple people who would clear out of the chapel with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, different ones doing different. You would notice particularly um, one leaning down and nodding to one of the posters to a deity of fortune and luck uh, as he is a, he is a um, panhandler. Mm. for the clan and uh needs needs luck fair enough so he'll he'll follow you out and meg you would start getting crowded on your bench as multiple other goblins jump into the seats and uh just as excited as you are 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 gathering around i give them i give them a look a, a don't mess with my food look yeah <laughs> and then the doors burst open as Elaine and all of her helpers begin to carry out large platters 
with pies and lots of loaves of bread, uh, these thick, heavy kind of scones, but if you can imagine, more dense. Uh, which biscuit. are yeah well yeah um <laughs> uh there's a particular thing i'm thinking of uh in mexico up in the mountains the, the native people there uh, make corn mm. biscuits oh sure inflate when you drink water so you eat it and you drink water and so you feel full after eating one gotcha there, there's a lot of food and there's a lot of variety because getting more than one of anything would be a challenge. You know, they're like, oh, we managed to catch this. This uh, we, we caught a, a, a pig that, that uh, escaped from a butcher across town. We managed to kill that and and, and uh, we've got that for food, but we don't have like a consistent everyone gets some of that. No, we just, everything that we got, we'll put that all on the table. Everyone can eat and the feast begins and uh you would see the clan head varanus up at the head of the table eating enough he's definitely acting content and happy with with what he's served but he's taking his time to delicately attempt to enjoy his meal <laughs> uh one of the goblins uh next to Meg, actually, where where are you guys seated relative to each other? I would probably be sitting with the rest of my order. Uh, if there are any other uh, uh, priests or paladins to the pile, I would be sitting with them. Uh, you would. There would be one cleric functionally, although like class wise, he's probably not really sure. Um, but. Uh, he worships the pile particularly by gathering scraps from the from the place the the clan hall um mm-hmm. and putting t- stuff together trying to make something useful out of the garbage uh, tinker functionally okay sure um and so he's he's sitting in his uh, what he he considers them awesome robes these wonderful robes which there's not a single square inch that is the same as any other square inch of it it's just it's a, a garb made out of patches. Sure. It's a quilt cloak. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sitting with him. I'm probably towards either the head or the foot of the table. Uh, Crow Eater gets up relatively often just to help out with things. Like, he'll grab a door, he'll he'll pass a plate around. Um, but, yeah, he probably sticks to a place where he can move easily. Uh, due to the size of the table and the lack of things on it uh, and just general goblin culture if you're helping out you would actually jump up onto the table and like help move stuff around from up there oh absolutely uh, <laughs> definitely yeah, and, like grab a tray slide it around grab some plates hand them out to people yeah and Meg what about you I think uh, well I am sitting as I said before as close to the kitchen as possible but in terms of my company I think that as a fighter and somebody who's who's dressed as a fighter would, and also, you know, Meg has her weapons attached to her back, I think that she kind of attracts the same kind of, you know, brawler fighter styles. So I think that's who's sitting with her. But when it comes to actually eating, 
She's very focused on just eating her food. There's no conversation. There's no time for anything other than just eating in that moment. She is very hungry and has no mental capacity for anything else. And also whenever Coita comes by to like, you know, help people out, she kind of throws, kind of shoves her dirty plates at him, not really paying attention, just just giving them to him to grab a clean one and get some more food. <laughs> right on. Uh, about halfway through the meal, as everyone kind of slows down, and is more now taking their time, some more than others. Uh, the clan head would hand out to a few helpers. Crow Eater probably included as one of those helpers would hand out uh, very small kegs uh, to give to those who they deem are old enough to <laughs> drink of alcohol. Um, which the rules on that are particularly blurry amongst goblins. Certainly. But uh, Meg is 13, yeah, so, but she has a keg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, so, I was looking in the, uh, what was it? In the, the Volos guide, I think it was. Goblins reach maturity at eight, so. I thought it said uh-huh. three. Is it eight? Why did I think three? But anyways, yeah. Meg is definitely young, but mature. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys are brought around with kegs, given as much as they can afford to give. And the f- Feast is underway, full swing as much as it can be in the circumstances. Is there anything you guys particularly want to do in the festival uh, or we move to the end of it? I think that Meg just eats and drinks so much that she falls asleep at the table. (laughs) (laughs) Crow Eater is definitely just bustling around the entire time. He's very much like a bit of a social butterfly. So he moves from group to group and just like, has a little short chat with everyone before moving on to the next one. At some point, he passes by Mag and just puts a stray blanket or cloak over her shoulders and just Aww. trundles away. Crub <laughs> uh, probably spends a lot of time uh, assuring his uh, his fellow pile mate uh, that he's going to be okay. Uh, it's just the two of us against the world in a lot of ways. Uh, so... Uh, but this is going to be our way to kind of make our our very strange little cult known. I'm 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 always just a tiny bit nervous. They're I, I you know like you. I haven't been around these people super long, and they're always so smiley, but not happy. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, I. I, I've been trying to give them gifts, make stuff for them that are useful to maybe make them actually happy. It is a good start, certainly, but true action will speak louder than gifts. Something given is fleeting. Something done, now that's forever. I'll handle this. Don't you worry. Okay, what what should I do while you're gone? Don't die. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes. And uh, he grips his holy symbol, which is, I imagine, call me out if you think it should be otherwise, but I think I think this mechanically would be interesting is that clerics of the pile can use anything. Oh, absolutely. As long as it's garbage. Absolutely. To them, a holy symbol is any piece of trash. Mm-hmm. And so to him, like, currently, it's some kind of, like, wrapper from a candy bar or something that he found. Like, mm-hmm. Um... Crub for his, it is a piece of slag 
that has uh, that he picked up on his way into town. As the festival begins to close out and calm down, it it just goes until people start getting tired. Uh, The food starts getting ushered away before it is finished. Like most of the things are down to the point where you could, you know, start picking out the last bits of them, but they don't let people ever empty any of the platters completely because the idea is that we have, we do have more than enough and nothing was ever entirely emptied. And then the clan head begins to send out his lieutenant commander fellows. They're definitely more administrative than like combat commanders of any kind. Mm Mm-hmm sending them out to gather up different groups. And he starts gathering together uh, people from uh, the the chimney sweeps. He starts gathering people from uh, the janitor, the maids, just everyone that they can send out that has a job that will be sent out to go go do their thing, Um, starting with the least dangerous and moving up. And very last, he calls, has the three of you called. It would make still be sleeping. I think uh, when she hears her name, she gets up with kind of like a, huh, huh, what? And then makes her way up. All right. Yeah. So one of the goblins would have been like patting you on the shoulder. Like, come on, come on. Probably co- pro eater, I'm guessing. Yeah. It's our turn, I'm afraid. And all brought to the clan head. All right. Uh, hello. Hello, my friends. Hey. I have a task for you that we we should be paid very well for if if it can be complete. <clears throat> the Benefron estate has called of our services. We've sent maids there and uh, minor pest control in the past. Recently, in fact, we've been seeing the signs of a rat infestation growing. <clears throat> and though it's just small creatures in the house... Always it is tenfold worse what is beneath. So we want to nip this in the bud before it truly gets dangerous. We have convinced them to pay us for the job, that that it is time to hire professionals to do this. So we we have the job secured. Uh, though be watch wary. It is an open contract of sorts, and there may be other clans attempting to take our bounty. That will not do. That will not do at all. We'll take him down. Avoid conflict if you can, but this is our job, and we did get here first. Aye. As always, the bounty will be the payment, which will be paid directly to the clan, and also any flesh that you can carry back. We will eat well next feast. I do hope so. I am certain of it. And he kind of rebuilds his smile. Yes, I am certain of it. Very good. You should get your your night's sleep and be off in the morning as soon as possible. I know you are not all extremely experienced in rat catching, but due to recent passing-ons, you are the new rat catchers. Of all them. Crow Eater nods slowly. In the morning, you will head out. Make sure to not spend the night, if you can avoid it, under the ground. 
But it's about done. Yes, yes. Take good care of yourselves. Rest well. And smile. And he dismisses you and heads off to his chamber. Hmm. It looks like we've got a job. You each would have either a private tent or one shared with a couple other goblins of similar background. Uh, There's no central sleeping hall or anything. Just tents and huts that can be constructed. Um, I will sleep very, very close to the chapel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, you and the tinker might have put together kind of a, a leaning shack like on leaning on the chapel wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably has his own tent just because of uh, seniority and because of his his position. So, you know, it's it's a small, fairly plain tent. He has a small shrine set up in the back uh, because he doesn't worship the pile or really any of the traditional uh, goblin notions of divinity he worships Visket, the goddess of longing, and so he has a small shrine to her up in the back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're allowed to put something up if you want to, uh, but there are no official printed posters, which is where they got all of these <laughs> ones. So uh, you wouldn't have been able to find it. it up in a movie theater. So yeah, you've got your own <laughs> set up in there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's someone does print and sell posters for all the relevant deities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think for Meg that because she is pretty young and still quite new, she has to share her tent with a few other people, probably similar fighters like her. Um, but before she goes to bed, she takes some time and she smokes a pipe and kind of lets her food and drink digest before she goes to bed. Mm-hmm. The next morning, you're all woken by the morning horn, which starts out very low register and slowly rises until it's similar to like a a whistling teapot. Slowly going from something you can ignore to something you most definitely cannot. And you're all aroused to head off to your tasks. Uh, Crow Eater, you are given a little scroll that is kind of the the essentially official receipt mm. that you'll give to the how to the client. Say, yeah, we're the actual goblins you hired, not so just some hobos <laughs> that wandered in. And Crow Eater is uh, now suited up for the task, so he's wearing uh, a breastplate that clearly was not made for a goblin. Uh, <laughs> maybe a small human. It is definitely like. It fits more like a dress than than a breastplate. Um, he's got sort of a red tunic under it, uh, but he's also carrying his mace, which he calls a mace and which is functionally a mace, but which any weaponsmith might consider more of a table leg with a length of chain wrapped around the end of it. <laughs> uh, and uh, Meg, you would not necessarily be woken by the horn, as the other people in the tent of, that you're in getting up as they realize that, oh, they've got to get going. So they all just like bolt out the door, sending your shared bed just up into complete disarray. You're just splashed by cold air of the morning as they just rip all the covers up into the air. 
which then land on your head. <laughs> and uh, everyone gathers together, I would assume. Mm-hmm. And uh, Crow Eater would probably know the town well enough, especially the district where you're going to, to know of your client's house. <clears throat> probably know where to go. Lead the way, honored elder. Well, there's no need for that. Crow Eater is fine. Mm. Very well, very well. I'm too old for titles. Well, except Mister, which is part of my name, but that's fine. <laughs> Don't concern yourself. I wasn't planning on it, but very well. Off we go. As you head off, you move through the lower district in which you are currently inhabiting the place that maybe at one time was nice kind of suburb style homes but now is definitely the lower rung of society lives here the rough and misfortune people that live here are in the same place as the goblins as far as definitely got the short end of the stick but they they make sure to let you know as you pass that they don't think very much of you even so as you continue on you pass through the one of the many market districts and then off to the higher districts one of the definitely much more fancy and high class neighborhoods where the entire district a place that could house you know a thousand people in another district is made up of only like 30 estates for Mm -hmm. the entire place and you know maybe houses including the servants like mm, like 200 people and approaching the uh, shiny iron gates of the estate you're noticed by the guards there two well-dressed men uh, one appearing human the other possibly half elf both well-dressed, similar to, uh, like, a English royal guard, but with more blue, kind of... You can see the their vest, very fine vest that they wear on the outside is kind of bulged outward, uh, showing that they've got some kind of breastplate underneath their fine clothing. Both of them equipped with a sword in its scabbard at their side and a spear with a overly elaborate pike head at the end. What's your business, goblins? Uh, We've been contracted by one of the local houses. They've got a bit of a a nuisance problem that uh, our uh, organization uh, specializes in dealing with. We're going to kill some rats. Yeah, that. What clan sent you? Do you have officiation? Oh, yes, look, I've got the papers and everything, and he unscrolls the... The receipt. The half-elf steps forward. It's the human has been talking to you. The half-elf steps forward and kneels down, appearing much more kind towards you. Hmm. Takes it. Let, let me take a look at this. Um, yeah, yeah. That that all looks in order. Uh, here you go, and hands it back to you. We'll uh, we'll let you through. Stands up. Obliged. Yeah. What. Why don't, why don't you stay here, but I'll I'll take him in. And he opens the gate and begins to lead you in. 
Crow Eater sort of half bows to the other guard as they go through. Uh, this way. Um, we'll take the, the servant's entrance. Come along this way. So you come up towards the very grand front door with red wood, um, like just this deep red wood that is just nicely varnished double doors gold looking door handle that's probably not actually gold uh, and four major entirely vestigial pillars supposedly holding up the balcony above though that they're definitely not doing anything they're just for looks uh, and he leads you off to the left around that fancy nice entrance to a little set of stairs that brings you so you'd be entering into the first level basement uh, down below come, come this way opening it up with a set of keys letting you in and following you in uh, I'll I'll call down the master to to send you off hmm. he uh, stay stay here please and he heads out going upstairs somewhere down here is quite busy. This appears to be kind of the central network for the kitchen and the servants' quarters and clothing and dishes and everything. Like, several servants are moving back and forth. You guys are just hanging out in kind of the main, main central hub from where that is all done. You see a lineup of bells with strings attached to them on the wall. And uh, a lot of busy people just shuffling around. You know, I grew up in a place like this, in the Tycon Quarter. That show. Yeah, I spent a lot of time cleaning their toilets. Hmm. Good work? Well, it was work. Hmm. And I know a lot about toilet now. Hmm. <laughs> Got any good toilet facts? I'm not sure if I'd call them good toilet facts, but I will say that if, if you've got a privy and everyone in the house is quite regular, you do occasionally want to take a look at things because things will start to pile up, you know. And if if you let it pile up a lot, you've got to you've got to break up the piles, otherwise, eventually they'll slide over on their own. And well, you don't want that. <gasps> you don't want that all moving at once. Guys, this is too much for me. This is this is too much. I'm sorry, it's it's too much for quite a lot of people. I've discovered. You you <clears throat> got an iron stomach, friend. Uh, down the stairs, you the steps you see the guard and a extremely fancy-looking person. They've got the clothing where you go, why, why? <laughs> you don't need to be wearing three layers of tights and also all those frills. And How are you gonna get the layers going though? <laughs> Is there something puffy? How does that work? That look like looks like it took like fifteen people to build onto you, and it comes down. Uh, hello, yes. I, uh, um, actually, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, come come along, and you see another party goer, slightly more reasonable clothing, but not by much. Comes along. Uh, both of them are holding these tiny little champagne glasses uh, speaking in, in little boisterous whispers to each other. Look, uh, here, I've, I've hired these uh, lovely little things. They're going to go clean out uh, the sewers underneath, get all that nasty stuff dealt with. Uh, 
Aren't they, aren't they adorable? Yes. We are neither uh, any, adorable anyway. nor things. Uh, Excuse me, I'm adorable. <laughs> you're, uh... Yep, yep, they, you're adorable. Yeah, God. They both look at you like, why did the, like, bedside table talk? <laughs> any anyway uh, I'll you, you go up uh, go ahead I'll be there just one minute I'll send them off uh, anyway darlings I will uh, have you hang on one second and he drinks from his champagne glass alright um head down um down over there there's the trap door down below that should get you access somehow to the sewers down there, I assume that's where the problem's coming from. We've seen one or two little rats, little mice uh, scurrying about. Dreadful. Off. Just, uh... Shocking. Uh, find out where they're coming from. Get the nest. Uh, if you would. That's that's all we need. Um, clean up. That should be done by the city, but they, they ignore the nests. Um... Or something like that. I haven't read in much detail. Um, what? That uh, should be everything. I'll send payment to the clan when you when you come back. Ah, thank you. That all seems to be in order then. Very good. Ah, well, head down then. Very very well. Um, I'm on my way then. And heads daintily back up the stairs. All right. What a pansy. It. Nothing he did there was. Terribly necessary. <laughs> From the clothes to the speech, better conveyed by a letter. Let's go. <laughs> and as you see the servants passing you, they're quite busy, but they every time they hear you say something, they're just like, oh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you head down into the sewers. Uh, this doesn't directly connect to it. This would, uh, Corridor would be familiar with this. This would connect to the internal piping mm. to deal with any issues that happen to be within the houses, the estates plumbing uh, or any other internal issues uh, you, from here. You could access like fixing the dumb waiter if it's broken or just service crawl spaces. But down below, this would connect to a metal similar to a like submarine, like spinning handle hatch that would actually bring you down to the sewers. Okay. Uh, before we uh, go in there, Crow Eater sort of uh, halts the group for a second. Right. Let me um, let me give you a little something before we, we start in here. And he fishes out of the sort of, like the top of his shirt, just a big pile of lockets. Like the kind of lockets you would see that contain like a little drawn portrait of someone. Mm. Um, easily like two dozen of them. Um, and he sort of picks one out and hands each of you two of them just at random, apparently. Uh, so if, if you find yourself in a spot of trouble and you need a little, if you feel a bit lost, just gaze for a moment on these and you might find a little more inner motivation. Uh, and I'm using my uh, channel divinity from my heart domain, hmm. which is a homebrew. So each of these gives you essentially an instance of the spell guidance, 
which will let you add a D4 to an ability check. Hey. Nice. Uh, and so he gives each of them two and keeps one for himself. Okay. Cool. Um, and if you if you sort of like pop it open and look at the portrait, it's, you know, some person you've never heard of is probably dead by now because these look very old. But at the same time, you have this feeling like this person is kind of like important to you and you want to be sure that you get back to them alive. Hmm. So I, as the player, I'm grateful, but Meg is kind of confused and furrows her brows at you and is kind of like, thanks, I guess. Perhaps this will will uh, help you a bit more. And he pulls out a pair of tin cups and uh, pours each of them just like a shot of moonshine from a flask. Hmm. That's more like it. Everything's coming up, crub. <laughs> Anna. Just down it. For the glory of the pile. Let's get going. Uh, down below the air, in pretty much every sense, every physical sense is different. It's cold with random, unpleasant waves of heat flowing through the air. It's far more humid. It reeks of terrible, terrible things. The refuse from the houses is not the worst smell down here. Um, and that is concerning. Mm. <laughs> The, the walls are slimy as this is an abundant place for all sorts of horrible things to grow. It's, yeah, it's, it's quite, a, quite a foul place to go into. Um, but once in there, once in there, just for even a few seconds, it kind of, things kind of normalize. It's still terrible, but it's a job and... There's a job to be done. Uh-huh. And almost immediately you hear the squeak of a rat down the way. And currently the the tunnel that you've entered into is just a single long pipe. Uh-huh. You've come in like the, the entrance that you've taken connects to the house. And so there's no backing to it. It just comes straight down from above. And the o- there's only one way and it's forward. Uh, condolence is in his element. He is going to take point and he is going to just start walking in a beeline unless somebody stops him. Meg can take the rear guard. Off we go then. Uh, as you go, you, you see one small rat. Do you guys practically just like a mouse skittering away to the darkness? Uh, but as you've hit the end, there's a, a split and you can either go right or left. Uh, to the right, you see it enters some kind of hub um, collection where multiple different pipes kind of gather together and go down. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it, it's this vertical pipe that multiple different points along its surface vertically are attaching to it from many different areas and directions. And it all just pours straight down there. Uh, on the left, it stretches forward and goes straight and has a T off to the left as well. Any preference? Hmm. 
Um, could we theoretically make like a survival check to figure out like which way rats tend to be? Like, look for rat signs. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, you can do because of you guys' experience, and I'm sure they gave you a briefing of some kind about stuff like this. I will say you can do survival, nature, or history. Hmm. Due to the many ways it interacts with with goblins and the clan, your choice uh, to pick one of them. I think that's survival for me. Fifteen. Wonderful. Um, pits like this aren't going to be the over to the right. The vertical downpipe is not going to be a place where rats gather unless it's an overwhelming swarm. Um. This is usually kind of the final downspout as it goes down into the earth mm. uh, or heads off to the major main pipes, which have no air in them. They're just full liquid. Um, and so rats don't live down there. There's other stuff that lives down there, but that's not your concern. Um, so, yeah, off to the left would probably be good. What you probably want to look for is a large open area that is a 50-50 mix between dry land of some kind and flowing but not too but not rapid flowing water Mm -hmm. left then sounds good to me Mm. all right onwards all right can i get a perception from everybody and also while we're at it can you remind me what your passive is 18 wow nice i took the uh observant feat Oh, yep. Very nice. Mine is nine. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Mine's 11. I have rolled a six. I rolled a 17 <laughs> minus one is 16. I rolled a 17 mm-hmm. plus three is 20. Very nice. All right. So uh, Keb does not uh, particularly notice much other than this place is filthy. Uh, the other two of the party are noticing lines of rat droppings and scurrying Uh, indicating that there's a commonly traveled path that the rats take between the path forward and that path to the left. So you guys took your left, and now you have a choice of either go straight or go left, and there is strong indication that the rats travel between the forward path and the left path a lot. Hey, look, there's poop. Hmm. The surest sign of life. It seems to be our calling that we must follow the poop. Yes, mm. follow the poop. But which poop? There's just so much down here. Oh, the little ones. Well, yes, but they go both ways. Mm. I see there's one, they go up the branch and then down the branch. Is that? Yeah, so ignoring everything that's happened behind you, mm. um, in front of you is the choice to go straight or to go left now. And both of those paths have... Um, trails of, of rats. Okay. Uh, those those trails have been made as if they travel between the forward path and the left path a lot. So where you came from, they don't seem to care about. But mm. between those two places, they travel between them a lot. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going straight for now. No reason to divert from the course. Sounds like a good idea. As you head forward, you enter a kind of clearing it's not very large but it there's an extra little uh stone pad off to the left 
where maybe maintenance workers could at some point have come down here and like observe things, but whatever connection used to exist there is gone. Um, and on the opposite side of the pipe, you see a connecting pipe with a thick metal grate and something kind of large-ish moving around back there, but it's it's moving away from you. Hmm. Uh, even in your dark vision, it's it's hard to tell what it what it is, but something's moving around in there. Hmm. And by large-ish, I mean maybe goblin size as opposed to rat size. I will uh, grip one of my javelins and get my shield up and start moving closer. As you approach, whatever was in there notices that you're seeing it and like spooks and is starting to skitter away Mm -hmm. uh, rapidly. Um, You can make a perception check on your own to maybe get it some information. Let's try this dice. That's going to be a seven. Okay. (laughs) Um, You notice it has a tail. (laughs) Kreta. Um, I pull at the grate. Does it happen to like fly up? Uh, No, it is quite sturdily stuck there. Ah, well, wasn't coming out this way anyways. I have a crowbar. Would that help? Mm, Probably. Okay, I'm going to take the crowbar and jam the front under the crate and try or the grate and uh, try and lift it up. All right. Roll my strength, please. 15 plus 2, 17. Um, it's it's starting to go. You're, you're feeling that the tension between the grate and your crowbar are about equal. So you, you think you can do this, but your crowbar also might be a tiny bit in danger. Um, you can choose to push forward or to back off. Which do you want to do? I'll push forward. I mean, how how much right. am I going to need a crowbar, really? All right, then roll just just a, a regular d twenty just to see your crowbar holding up. Uh, four. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're about to get it. You're like, yeah, I definitely got this, and then it snaps in half, and you like fall down a bit. As you're now holding one half of your crowbar, the other half is jammed into uh, the underside of the grate. Well, that went well. Ah. Uh, anybody else uh, got any suggestions? I mean, I've got some javelins. I could try popping one of those in there, seeing if it'll do. Or we can try to go around. Or we could do that. Is there? Yeah. So this is mm-hmm. this is just a diversion. The way straight is still there. Okay. Oh, we can keep going forward. Yeah. So this is this okay. is yeah. yeah, this is just a little hub stop before you you can keep going. Let's keep going then. Yeah, let's do that. As you keep going, Crow Eater, you spot uh a pack of rats moving towards you up ahead. They don't seem to notice you, but they're they're headed towards you at a at a pretty good pace. Uh Crow Eater makes a gesture in gibber, which is the goblin language of this universe, um, which doesn't really have a written language, but does have uh, a series of like almost like hobo marks and like sign language equivalent of them to signify uh, important things. Mm -hmm. And so he makes a gesture that 
indicates like incoming thing we're looking for. They rush forward and as they get close to you, they, um, yeah, they appear to be hungry and so desperate to eat something and are looking towards you, um, for that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're visibly on the fence about fighting something as large relative to themselves, though. What do you guys want to do before mm. they take their whatever they're going to do? Can I intimidate the rats? I think that would be pretty reasonable. Excellent. Uh, that is going to be a 13. Why don't... Because I'm... That's that's pretty... That's on the fence. Right on the fence. Why don't you roll an animal handling alongside that? That is going to be animal handling. That is going to be a 15. Yeah. Yeah. You you make good out of what height advantage you have over them (laughs) and scare them off. They, they, They head forward just barely like glance themselves off of your armor and like just scratching like your boots and are just like nope you know what never mind never mind mm-hmm. and rush back where they came from I follow them in hot pursuit they're going back home I'm sure of it as you are run- does everyone keep pace with him yeah. yes alright as you're going Again, Crow Eater, you spot something kind of bright. Like, it's it itself is not illuminating. It's just extremely pale um, on the other side. So there's, I'm assuming you're imagining the same thing I am of in the sewer of central canal and then a thin path to walk on either side of it. Mm. So on the other side of the canal, you see something maybe like baseball glove sized this pale somewhat fleshy looking thing lying limp on the other side of the of the canal as you as you run uh, crow eater makes a gesture which indicates wtf and sort of points in that direction <laughs> uh while you're running you guys could roll perception to to try and look at it particularly as you're moving by at top speed okay yeah I'd like to do that <laughs> into that oh uh, that's a thir- one seven thirteen <laughs> um Keb it looks like uh hmm it's definitely rat based but it looks <laughs> well no so cause the next thing I'm about to say would be terrible if it wasn't um, is that it looks like an overly large fetus. Mm. Oh. Mm. Some kind of dead fancy cat or something. I don't know. <laughs> fancy cat. Uh, but just as soon as you saw it, you guys pass it, you're on your way. Mm-hmm. And you do come to that ideal spot. The spot that's like, this is where they would make their nest. Hmm. But there is no nest. You come to the central collection area where the water all comes together from multiple different grated pipes with thick, heavy grates 
uh, even thicker than the one you guys saw before, gently pouring water down. And then in the center, there's this collection of dirt, garbage, and other stuff. Probably collected, there's probably like a stone pad there at one point, but there's so much stuff piled on top, you can't see it. And there should be a nest there. Mm-hmm. But instead, there isn't. Though behind it, you see a exceptionally huge pipe. Just this enormous one that aims gently down angle, but not Mm -hmm. just a downward one. And in that pile of dirt and refuse where there should be a nest, instead you see sort of a tanning rack-looking thing. So it's it's, uh, two sticks coming up parallel with each other and then connecting to each other with another stick on top of them, and then hanging from them are three rats. Pure black, just like perfect black, hanging dead from it. Uh, I, complete disregard for any kind of safety, walk up to the uh, tanning rack of rats and just start poking them. Uh, they swing as if they're just, you know, dead, normal, normal rats. Poke, poke. Taste my finger. They're dead. You needed to poke them to know that. Uh, so you... It's the tasting, really, that does you it. You taste, uh... <laughs> roll, roll. So you tasted basically what you touched them with? Yeah, I poked it and then licked my finger. <laughs> roll history. <laughs> Okay. I'm sure that's our strong suit. I I have rolled a two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it tastes more bitter than you would think. Mm. Like just the outside fluff of a dead rat should taste. Yeah. They're wrong. Something's wrong about them. I don't know what it is. Wrong. Yeah, you heard me wrong. Let me take a look at this. Uh, Crow Eater trundles up, and he'll probably like t- actually take one in two hands and sort of examine it. Okay, uh, you can roll investigation or history, your choice. Okay, we'll go for history. That's not negative. <laughs> Ten. Ten. Um, I think you've interacted with this more than the rest of the party. It'll almost seem like they are covered in ink. Oh, they've been they've been soaked in something. Hmm. Or dipped. Poison, maybe. I don't. I don't think so. I think it's it's ink. Hmm. Ink. Why ink? Piss the fuck out of me. Big brush. Some sort of art project. Hmm. Students from the university doing some sort of an installation piece. Hmm. Um, can I roll an insight check? Uh, what what are you trying to do? The fact that these have been left up here, I we've been told that there are other clans heading out. Was this left by another clan? Mm, I think that would be history. Okay. Uh, that's better. That's a fi- uh, 14. This doesn't seem like something another clan would do. Other clans that would do this kind of thing, set up some kind of like effigy sort of thing, mm-hmm. would have probably dismembered them in some way, like 
trying to show that they are like better than the thing that they killed <laughs> instead of just setting up just a shrine of them. Like this sure. almost seems not necessarily reverent, but ritualistic. Yeah. Like ritualistic in some fashion. Like it mm. means something to someone. Mm. Uh, can I make a religion check? Yes. Ooh, 18. 18 total? Yep. This is set up in a fashion of... There, there are many older religions that set up stuff like this in a form of a test where they set up a effigy of some kind and then leave it for a while and then come back and look at it. And if it has changed in certain ways or met certain criterias, then they... It's, it's like throwing lots. Oh, we've gone and, and fucked up someone's augury. Oh. That's interesting. Huh. Thought we were the only ones still doing that. Strange. Hmm. Uh, and again, because you have an amazingly good passive perception, uh, <laughs> creator, you would hear kind of the splashing of something moving through the water, like someone wading through the water. Uh, up near one of, like, through one of those connecting pipes that have the grates on them. Um, T-Gesture's company that way. Uh, I uh, take out my war hammer and my uh, my shield, and I kind of put myself into a fighting stance. I do the same with my axe. You would see a halfling with shoulder-length curly blonde hair and a overly like large and lumpy and dull crimson scarf just kind of enveloping his entire neck and lower chin come up to it put his hands around the bars and look through them hi there hello there cousin you're a bit away from home uh I I could uh, tell you what's going on and uh, everyone, please roll me a perception real fast. 11. 11. 17. Uh, the 17 notices that there is quite dark smudges all over his hands. Mm. I could answer some of your questions for a bit of a price. What's the price? Well... I've gone and done something that got me paid rather well. But I don't like the something that I did. So I would like you to undo it. And in doing so, it will most definitely benefit you. You gotta give us some details, man. This thing right here, what do you think it does? I think it's it's some sort of augury, I imagine. It tells the future. I don't know. They set it up to see if they are cleared by their god to invade. Who's they? The Rattlings. <sighs> Is that a, a term that's familiar? Um, so to... Mm-hmm. Do you want a history check? Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, history check from anyone who wants to. 14. Or nature. Also, also 14. 10. Okay. 
Um, some rats change after a while. They kind of are reborn as ratlings, which are sentient and quite a bit larger, capable of manipulating things and building tools and weapons if they need to. And they have... Supposedly, they live way deep below, but nobody sees more than one of them ever at a time. Uh, Most rats that begin to turn into ratlings die through the process and don't make it. But because Mm -hmm. rats are born at such a rate, uh, enough of them survive that, you know, every once in a while you see one. They're much more dangerous than a regular rat, but it's it's still not that big a deal. Um, For ratlings to be organized is plausible but shockingly little evidence has been found about it like they're like if there was organized ratlings they would do more than just hide mm-hmm. we, we don't see them um but yeah so that's that's what you know hmm. anyway um i was hired to interfere in in a way and i'd like if you would undo that the thing there as far as I understand if they come up and see three black rats hanging from it or really any number of black rats hanging from it or if some creature has come and destroyed or or messed with their thing uh, as far as they're aware that means that the gods are telling them fight Head up and and conduct war. Crowiter is about to smash it when he says that (laughs) and just stops with his mace in (laughs) midair. The sign of peace, again, as far as I'm aware, not a complete expert, but as far as I'm aware, is white rats. All right. By the way, what are are y'all doing down here? Killed rats. Do you think you can take on couple scores of ratlings like like how many is that um how many fingers do you goblins have the usual amount i hold up both hands of 10 i'm sorry both hands of five equally <laughs> 10 <laughs> uh okay well you know like that and then like four or five times sounds like a lot yeah um that'll be coming through and uh, if your job is to kill them, well, I mean, you're kind of out of luck. If your job's to, like, make them not come around, make them go away, then, yeah, you just got to either mess with the, the thingy mm-hmm. or close the gate. Um, It should be in the, like, sewers up above, which I don't know how to get to, but up above, you should be able to lower the grate over that big thingy right there. Either way, I don't I don't mind too much, but it's your choice how how you want to do it. Give us a moment for a sidebar, would you? Yeah, yeah, I'll be right here. Um I'll probably speak to the group in in gibber. I think we can at least look into closing a gate. I think we're we're roughly that competent. I yeah, think so. I think so. Hope so. I- I got an idea, though. At least something for these rats. I'm listening. Um, I reach into my priest's pack and I pull out 
um, the uh, block of incense. I could burn this. Burns an ash. Could just smear it on the rats. Turn them white. I like the way you think. Couldn't be worse than it is now. Mm. At very least, it won't say war even if it doesn't say peace. Exactly. So I will break out um, a block of incense and I will put it in a, a sensor that I have and I will uh, use my tinderbox to light it and I will kind of hunch down over it and start blowing onto it so that the um, f- uh, flame spreads across it real quick and reduces it to ash. Right on. And then I will pat, 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 pat all over the rats. Um, You can either lightly cover all three mm-hmm. or thoroughly cover two um i do have a i have two blocks of incense in that well, pack. can i use it. both there we go yeah. yeah i'll use both uh yeah uh the you're finding like as you just begin the very very first one you're like it the black is pretty intense mm-hmm. maybe covering up a less intense color might be a bit easier Mm-hmm. Um, it's like maybe getting a, a different rat that's not pure black or something. Sure. Um, but you 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 can do that. You got a lot of it. Having two of them, that's that's quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if we you know, I don't have a spare rat around, so unless we want to go ranging out, hunting one down, <laughs> and and swapping it out, I'm not sure what kind of timetable we're working on. Yeah, so yeah, you can cover up the three of them, um, mm-hmm. bread them, essentially, and <laughs> hang them uh, back up. Uh, they look quite white sitting there. There we go. While he's we doing go. that, um, I'll turn back to the halfling. Uh, I think we're going to take a shot at it. Uh, what, what sort of payment are you talking about here? Well, um... I'm thinking I'd split some of what I earned with you. I think that you're uh, you're, you're getting job paid for these jobs. You probably get paid oosh, as much as what three gold pieces? A kingly sum. Yeah. Uh. Well, how about how about I do you half that again? You know. So you you you're already making that, and then a gold and and uh five silver to add on to it. Well, now you said you were down here for quite a large job. You seem to imply this was quite important. What I did was very important, yes. Um, yes, and now you this, need us to fix it. Mm, yeah, need is a strong word, my friend. Well, it's probably at least three gold worth of strong. Uh, you want to roll a persuasion? I do. The, the skill that you thought you probably wouldn't need any down here in the sewers. Yeah. Um, As part of that conversation, I sort of also want to casually cast friends. Hmm. Uh, right on. Uh, Can you do, because that is a verbal component. Um, is that correct? That's a good question. I don't have that card up because it's uh, technically a, an arcane. Uh, nope. No? Nope. Okay, yeah. So I get advantage. Yeah, wonderful. 
12. 12? Yep. Um, how about we settle at Tuco? Fair. With the caveat, if we all end up dead, you pay one gold to our clan. For each of us. Uh, again, I'll, 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 uh, meet you in the middle. Two gold. I'll just, I'll, I'll pay the full amount. Two gold to your clan, whether you make it or not. Uh, as long as you do the job. Deal. Deal? Right on. Uh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll be seeing you around, um, hopefully. Don't get yourselves killed. And I'll be here. Or around, as I said. <sighs> and he begins to slowly move his way back into that pipe. All right. Well, I've got the rats patted down, and that should do it. But we should probably lower that grate just in case. Yes. So that's probably somewhere up above. Hmm. <sighs> Probably the other place where the rats are going. Hmm. All right, let's go then. So as you make your way back, uh, you would see the same things you saw on the way back. You'd see the fleshy thing that was sitting there. You'd see the grate with the half of the crowbar stuck in it and then return back around to the path that you did not take. And you would find it connects to... A la- there's a ladder there running uh, along, like, on the right, so you can head up on the right side of the pipe. Once up there, it hits some kind of maintenance area, that like, mm-hmm. a full room, actually. Like, quite, quite large, with a scaffolding-style stair set going up to a second kind of stone balcony area and down below there's a series of wheels that can be turned to open and close valves of some kind but you can't see what those connect to this they must connect to something not in this room mm-hmm. there's about there's five of those wheels set up there and upstairs you see a creature just kind of a ball of fur uh up at the top of the stairs, uh, similar to maybe goblin size, maybe a tiny bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can I roll to discern what the uh, thing at the top of the stairs is? Uh, nature, probably. All right. Yeah. Eight. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you similar information to last time. Uh, it's it's nat- it's a uh, rat based. Mm-hmm. Um, but quite large for rat. Okay. Mm. Rat. Rats. And um, Crub is going to start kind of jiggling his foot up and down. He's itching for a fight. It uh, doesn't seem to be noticing you guys. In fact, it might even be asleep. Mm. Well, we are here for the rats. Right, I'm going to rush up towards the rat unless somebody tries to stop me. Right on. Yeah. Um, if you're appealing to our better judgment, you're out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you roll athletics or acrobatics, okay. your choice, just to like get up the stairs before it, like as quickly as possible, just sprinting to get there before it can react to you. 
That's going to be uh, 23. Yeah. No, before wow. it even like, and you do, once you get up there, you see it's a, it was sleeping. Before it's mm-hmm. even like peaked its head up, you're already at the top of the stairs ready to do whatever you're going to do to it. Okay. Uh, I am going to cast my Warhammer upon its head. <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right. So that is going to be, let's see here. That is going to be a 15. Uh, that hits. Excellent. And um, actually, I'm going to, uh, would I have advantage on that because it was asleep? Absolutely. I'm going to just see if I get a crit. I do not. Uh, that is going to be eight bludgeoning damage as I bonk it. Yeah, you strike it on the head and it crunches back into the position that it, it just moved out of like it peaked its head up a little bit and then smack it right back down mm-hmm. it kind of looks back up and writes itself um and now real quick we can uh roll initiative all right as it now Woo-hoo. starts it's gonna be a 12 for condolence crub right on. five for mag oh, and 18 for old <laughs> mr crow eater oh well there you go yeah uh, let me just double check. I like the um, crow eater says it in the in its character voice, so I'm just imagining <laughs> him like shouting the number as he's running into battle. Yeah, he often says his thoughts as he's thinking them. <laughs> uh, condolence was what? Uh, that's going to be a a twelve. Twelve, and Meg is six. Five. Five. Got it. All right, and Crow gets to go first. All right. So Mag is still down by me, so using a bonus action, which I can do, uh, I'm going to, he just reaches out and like brushes her shoulder and casts a shield of faith. So that's a plus two to AC. Thank you. That's concentration. I should remember that that's concentration. So, since that's concentration, uh, his follow-up is that he will, with his other hand, gesture up at the rat and call down a sacred flame, uh, which it must make a... S- it roll? Uh, yeah, that's against? a saving throw. All right. What's it, what is it for? 13. Dex saving throw for 13. Uh, it succeeds exactly 13. Oof. All right. And so... No damage on that. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. It is going to, because it's its turn next, it is going to look at Crub and be like, uh, kind of just hyperventilating for a sec of, holy crap, what am, what am I supposed to do? What's my job? What? <laughs> <laughs> and so it stands up properly. You see it is just barely taller than you are. Uh-huh. It's a humanoid, rat-like creature, wearing nothing, holding nothing, but just way larger than any normal rat, and with a bit of a more intelligence in its eyes. It turns its head to the side and begins, and just quickly looks you over, and you can't read minds, but you're pretty sure inside its head goes, nope. <laughs> and it's going to uh, disengage and move its full movement away from you. And okay. so it's headed, um, it heads 
over to one of the many pipes all over the place uh, and is going to try to cram itself inside one of them. Mm-hmm. That is, it's going to be challenging for it to squeeze in there. Okay. Um, but it appears to be its planned exit. So like it, it definitely can get in there and it looks like it mm-hmm. might've done it before, but it's not easy. Okay. And it's starting to squeeze itself in there um, with its 30 foot of movement and I'm going to cut its movement in quarter trying like to trying to get through there. So it's going to be its full body is inside the pipe, but mm-hmm. just barely like its tail is still sticking up. Your okay. Side. Um, and speaking of which, it is your turn. I would like to run over and grab its tail. <laughs> right on. Uh, you're going to just try and pull him back. Yeah. Just yank him back. Uh, we're going to do contested strength and he has disadvantage. Excellent. He rolled very average with both. What'd you get? I got a 16. Yeah, you beat him. <laughs> Even if he had advantage, he would have he would have failed to beat you. <laughs> uh, so I wrap my hand around his tail and I just give him a sharp tug out of there. Yeah, you pull him all the way out. And he drops flat on the ground. Ha, gotcha. Uh, I'm going to say, because like you did quite well against him um you still have your action to attack i'm gonna cool allow you to demote that to a bonus action what you did oh thank you that works um is he prone on the ground yes okay uh so he is prone so i get advantage on a melee attack uh that is going to be a 16 that hits him 12 damage Bonk. Holy crap, nice. Uh he's dead. No. Oh. <laughs> that that was a quite a bit of damage. Um yep. yeah, you right back down his head just flattens against the ground beyond <sighs> what it uh, any creature can survive. The glory of the pile. Oh, I guess we got it. Huh. I didn't even get to join in on the fun. Sorry, I'll uh, make sure to leave some for you next time. Deepest and sincerest apologies. I'll accept your apologies. Mm. Um, I will take out a paring knife and start cutting the, the meat off. All right. You do so, pack away what is good and leave behind what is what is not. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you want to do in this room? I suppose that leaves us to poke around at these wheels mm-hmm. this is a little more advanced than the plumbing I'm used to uh, <laughs> which is generally more pit oriented bucket based uh, hmm. should I make a uh, do you want to roll investigation yeah I guess I do not, not yeah. good at that but uh, you both can if you would like while uh, Krub is upstairs Getting. We probably should. Yeah, that's a zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you actually roll? One. Okay, so you rolled a one. It went down to zero. Okay. Um, you get quite a pit in your stomach of dread that these things actually might like flood this area if you mess with them. Um. Co-eater hums several times. 
Uh, is Meg gonna try? Yeah, I'll, I'll give yet? it a shot. All right. Don't have to. Five. Um, you you get the a similar impression to what Croater's guy. You more than anything, you're just like, I don't know. These things could pour out gold, or they could end the world. As far as I know. Uh. So here's the thing. I don't know what these are gonna do, but they could do something really good. So want to take that chance? Uh, hold on a moment. Our very recent experience has given me an idea, and since it looks like Krub's going to be busy for a moment, uh, I'm afraid this might be rather boring for you, but let's see if I can't sort it out. Um, Crow Eater sort of clears a, tries to find a dry spot on the ground and gathers up some sticks and begins the process of actually casting an augury. Mm. Uh, how does that work? What exactly is going to happen? Um, let's get a whole book out because I think this is kind of a weird one. By casting gem inlaid sticks, not quite, rolling dragons, blah, 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 blah. You receive an otherworldly an omen from an otherworldly entity about the results of a specific action that you plan to take within the next 30 minutes. The DM chooses from the following possible omens. Wheel for good results, woe for bad results, wheel and woe for both, or nothing for an. Okay. So basically I tell you good, bad, or both, or nah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And you get one question. Um... Or a situation, I suppose. So, um, I think it's mostly like, what happens if we screw with these wheels? Uh, bad. Mm. Um, for Croider, this experience is like, he's sort of sitting and tossing bones, but what he's actually doing is glancing around and out of the corner of his eye, down, just down a tunnel, he glimpses a woman who's vaguely familiar who's just looking at him and just shakes her head and then steps out of sight. <laughs> right on. Uh, I think that this is not actually what we want to do. I think we want to look somewhere else. Meg was watching this whole thing just with her, like, with abject interest and she definitely trusts Crow Eater on this one. Uh, Crub. Mm. What was your passive perception? 11. Okay, uh, why don't you roll perception then? Sounds good. You just have to find in the tower. There we go. 18. Yeah, uh, you hear more ratty noises down the pipe that it tried to go into. Hmm. Uh, they don't appear to be alerted. Like you, you get a pretty good roll. So like, they don't are, don't seem to be like scurrying around, getting ready to, for a fight or chasing down the pipe. But mm-hmm. you definitely hear some on the other side, um, as well as the very slight sound of like turning gears very slowly, like on a mm-hmm. like a mill or something. Sure, um, I will gibber sign down. Uh, more fun up here. Uh, Crow Eater just glances at Mag and makes a you first gesture. All right, I, I go ahead. All right. Um, can we fit through the pipe? 
Uh, this creature was slightly bigger than you guys. You guys can definitely get in here. Okay. I will, uh, I, I will do a, a, you know, be my guest gesture to the pipe. I'm going to go through. And I will follow immediately after. All right. And then Croator in the very back of the group. Yes. So you move forward. You come up to the end of this pipe and see most definitely a rat's nest. This is a square room. There's many different assorted odd controls and dials, mostly like dials like showing pressure gauges and the like around the room, Mm -hmm. mostly information gathering, but there are also a couple, several different control things. There's wheels and levers and assorted things around as well as a very, very large uh, wheel stuck into the ground so that it would be pushed and it's got bars coming out the side so it would be pushed by someone standing uh-huh. going around walking around the wheel mm-hmm. however placed right on top of it is the main mass of the nest uh-huh. mm. and scurrying around you can see a lot of regular rats moving in packs but also at least two other of those larger rats all right um before anything pops off, I am going to uh, slam myself uh, in the chest with my um, with my holy symbol and cast Armor of Agathis. You get that? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This. Uh, oh, what even is this one called? The uh, Pact. Of, yeah. The Oath of Conquest is real cool. <laughs> that's yeah, that's awesome. uh, that is one of my that's one of my oath spells. Uh, Armor of Agathis is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I cast that. You guys can do such cool stuff, and I can just hit things. Yeah, but you hit stuff real good. Yeah. It's true. I haven't had a chance to hit anything yet, though. You're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on that note, um, while that's going on, I'm going to cast a bless on the group, mm. uh, which means that sometime in the next minute, you get to add a d4 to an attack or saving throw. I'm going to get out one of my fancy B4s and I will put that right in front of me so I don't forget. In a low voice, I'm going to say to Crow Eater, you're so generous, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> he just sort of like smiles and taps her on the shoulder. So uh, what's what's the plan? Should I go in and start hitting things? I believe that is a... Sneak? That's, I mean, hitting things is my plan right now, so I think that works well together. All right, are, are you guys ready? I, I'm very faintly glowing blue. I'm about as ready as I can be. <laughs> All right, I'm going to bust into the room. All right, uh, you jump forward, Crub right behind you. Croater, you jump out right behind them as well? Mm-hmm. More of a, a scramble and a half fall, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, why don't all of you roll perception? Because you'll you'll get a good view of this, but this is your snap reaction of what you see in the split second as you jump in. Ten. Fifteen. Ten. Fifteen. Perception. Seventeen. Seventeen. Oh. Both of you see the two... Uh, in the movement, you see two large creatures, like your size creatures. Um, one sitting on top of the nest and one of them about 10 feet away from where you all landed. Crow Eater specifically sees another 
one of these large rats up on one of the pipes that juts out of the wall up about 15 feet off the ground and is sitting on it and it is wearing a necklace of a bunch of rat skulls strung together on a string with strange beads and little bits and bobs attached to it. I want that necklace. (laughs) It's very cannibalistic. (laughs) And so you're all going to get a surprised round attack. Mm hmm. Um, but only Crow Eater sees the the guy above. Mm-hmm. You also gotcha. all see that there are numerous groups of regular rats swarming around as well. There's specifically two official swarms of rats uh, in this room as well. Mm-hmm. So what do you all do in your surprise round? Um, I will go after, um... Let's see here. I'm going to go after one of the swarms of rats. So, um, just a normal attack on them? Yep. Cool. Uh, that is going to be a 13. 13 will hit. Excellent. And nine. Nine damage. Nine uh, damage. You strike at a few of them, you stomp on a few of them, um, and the cohesion of the group is holding together but not by much they are uh similar to the ones you encountered before they're not willing to stick around for much longer in this and like in this encounter they'll just find something to scrap off of instead of sure. fight it kill it for food mm-hmm. uh and what are the other two going to do i'm going to take my hand axe and go after the big one that's 10 feet away from us right on Oh, God. Okay, so I rolled a three, but I'm going to add my blessing on top of that to get a six and then add my bonus to get a total of ten. Uh, that is insufficient. Oh, God damn it. Uh, you strike forward, but it, like, more by oh, accident wait, um, than purpose. Stump. Oh, did, yep. For point, point of order, if this is a surprise round, so don't we have advantage? Uh, is that how it works? If it is, then yeah, I'm, I'm that, not that's 100% how, That's how I tend to home rule it. So uh, that sounds reasonable to me. Sure. All right. In that case, I guess, I don't know if I had my blessing on top of it, but if I don't, then it's a 19. <laughs> if you uh, don't. Yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think you <laughs> so would have I think no. wasted it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you can keep that for later. And okay. that is definitely a hit. Three damage. Wonderful. And Crow Eater, what are you up to? Well, since Mag's going after that one, I'll follow that one up with a Sacred Flame. Hmm. Cool. And I got to beat a 13. Yep. Most definitely do not. Ice. Uh, So that's just a D8. Ooh, seven. Nice. It's uh, The flame is like, rather than being like a normal looking flame or like a weird green or purple flame it's this weird translucent iridescent like someone's got like some sheets of like clear iridescent material and they just sort of flicker back and forth it's almost like mirage yeah cool all right and now let's roll initiative Woo! seven twelve six okay let me rearrange these 
the rat swarms go first for some reason. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> They're very nimble. Oh, real quick, I missed this. How much damage did you deal to the rat swarm? Nine? I did? Yeah. Um, that, that was nine damage, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, then that swarm is going to attempt to attack you. I'm sure it is. Uh, what is your AC? 18. Uh, yeah, no, no. Wow, no. Not at all. <laughs> Chain um, on a shield. The other one is going to move forward and is going to try and... They're going to kind of scooch against the wall and attack Crow Eater. What is your AC? 17. They, they got an 18 total. Oof. Yeah, they just hit. That's a 17. All right. Uh, they deal five damage. All right. Noted. And now the larger rats get to go. Uh, the one next to Meg is going to... It draws out a small stone dagger. Not like ceremonial or nice looking. It looks like he found a bit of rock that looked a little bit sharp and stuck a handle on it. And he's going to attempt to attack you. Nature shiv. Uh, he rolled a two. <laughs> that did so, not do the trick. Surprisingly. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's he's no good on that one. And the other one who has not yet been attacked that's standing on the nest is going to dive into the nest and hide out in there. And then the one up on the balcony thing is going to, why don't, let's say, Meg, why don't you roll a wisdom save? Two. <laughs> Two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you take uh, six radiant damage as the one above rubs his hands together, kind of brushes up his necklace of skulls and hits you with sacred flame. Uh. Rude. I flip in the bird. <laughs> Speaking of which, it is Crow Eater's turn. That's good, because I also flip in the bird, and I cast a spiritual weapon. Oh, that was good. Yep. Um, so that has a range of 60 feet, so that's going to just appear right by the, the caster up there. Uh-huh. And it's going to swat him. It's a surprisingly elegant, like a like a straight sword. Um, not very goblin looking. Yep. So it's mm. this slightly glowing, slightly translucent straight sword that appears. Uh, is it more in the style of like amaranthine, like guard weapon? Um, it's. It doesn't look very guard. It's like definitely. It looks like it's someone's sword. It's very personal um, and, again, very elegant. It doesn't look like it's just a guard weapon. Mm -hmm. It's got some swirls, some flourishes. Sweet. So it rolls... Uh, uh, I roll attacks for it. Okay, got it. So, and I believe... Let's see, when you cast this spell, you make a melee attack against a creature within five feet of the weapon. So... What bonus do I use for that? Just my... I use your casting bonus? 
So, or whatever your oh, casting yeah, yeah. thing is. So just your wisdom bonus. Yeah. So wisdom. Is it also proficiency? Yeah. Okay, I so I got know. a plus five for that. Right so 20. SWAT. 20. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to hit. For 11. Right on. Uh, it strikes and the blade like does sort of a feint of it's going to slash him. Then it just stops, pulls back and stabs into his stomach and just stays there. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> retract, just hangs out right there. And it the creature up there is. So and is that everything for you? Uh, or you got more. The ridiculous thing about spiritual weapon is that it's a bonus action. And it. Uh, to, <laughs> what? Yeah, to to attack with its thing. cast is also a bonus action though. Okay, so got it. Uh, I still get to swat something. Oh, right on. And there's one down here next to Mag, and I'm just gonna actually, you know, what? I'm just gonna hit it. It's here. It's irritating me. I'm just gonna swat it. Twelve. That does not hit. I swat at it. Yeah, you're you're table leg with a chain wrapped around it does not manage to hit the creature with any significance. You like glance off its shoulder. And now Meg gets to go. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for that one that's uh, close to me again. I'm just going to go for it with my axe again. You know, keep it interesting. 17. Yeah, that'll hit. All right. Ooh, seven damage. Right on. Uh, it's the second strike of yours comes from below and just cleaves off its right arm. The one that was holding the dagger. Oh, wow. It's grips the stump and just screams. Maybe there's some language behind that, but you can't tell. It's just. I scream back at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh is that uh all for your turn you got other stuff nope that's it that's good all right and crub you are up all right uh i'm uh i'm a swat at the rats again that is going to be a 21 that'll hit Seven. 13 oh yeah they're you you smash them around push them around more than anything, just jump in there and d- completely disrupt the group, and mm-hmm. they scatter those that are not dead. Mm-hmm. And th- that swarm is completely dissolved. So, uh, with that taken care of, I am going to. Um, where is uh, where is the big guy? Uh, so, there is one of them is hiding inside the nest. Mm-hmm. One of them is has been disarmed right in front of Meg. And yes. one of them is up on a pipe about 15 feet up in the air. Okay. Uh, so he's it's it's a pipe that comes out of the wall, goes along the wall for a couple feet, and then goes back into the wall. So he's just perched sitting there. Okay. I probably can't climb up there. So I will... Um, I'm going to move actually no there's another swarm of rats isn't there correct i'm gonna move in that direction all right 
so I can be up all in their face. Uh, yeah. So they were trying to get at Crow Eater, and yeah. now you're intercepting them. Nice. Yep. And it goes back to the rat swarm. They are going to attack you. Good. Uh, they will fail by far. Ha. Even though it's a decent roll, it's still by far. Uh, and then the arm that the the armless rat, the one that's lost one arm, is going to just try to punch Meg because <laughs> that's all it's got. Um, what's your AC? Eleven. Okay, it hits you. Meg is too poor to afford any armor. <laughs> all right. Well, fortunately, uh, it's going to deal uh, two points of damage. Oh no. Because, yeah, Mistake. rat claws don't do much. Um, Yeah, all right. And then the one up above is going to look down, look around, see the blade stuck in it, and it is going to jump off of the pipe that it's on onto another one and try to crawl into that one and, and try to get away. Let's roll its... Uh, acrobatics. It rolled a 19. So it jumps hmm. on there and is going to start climbing in there. Similar to the other one, it just barely gets inside with its turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all it's going to manage to do. So it's still within range of the spiritual weapon. The spiritual we- hmm. weapon would have to move, but it would still be able to stab him nice. uh, for sure. And then the one inside the tunnel is still in there doing something and it is now crow eaters turn all right so uh step one is that the spiritual weapon is in fact going to go after the rat for a 21 uh that will definitely hit for six six that will uh similarly uh there's not much to get at just barely a little bit of it sticking out the back so it will go just a cleave down just scraping along the outer rim of that Mm. pipe and just cutting off whatever was left outside which is one of its feet and most of its tail those hit the ground with probably a very unpleasant splash yep yeah those like land (laughs) right next to uh, uh, actually where Crub is interacting with the rat swarm they just like land around you all right, and there is one in the thing that is making me very uncomfortable. Oh, actually, uh, I'm going to throw a sacred flame at the one that's inside the nest. Uh, does that require a line of sight? Um, hmm. It ignores cover. Ignores cover, but I believe does yeah. does require you to be able to see them. Okay. You could probably move up to the nest. Yeah, I'm probably going to do that because this is making me nervous. Okay, the the one that somehow is still alive that is missing an arm is going to get an opportunity attack against you if you move away from him. Um, However, oh, no, you already used your bonus action to attack with your I sword, did use so. my bonus action, so I guess I'm going to yeah. take that. Okay. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Let's just, don't worry about it. Just keep going. <laughs> He he tries to strike you with the arm that he doesn't have. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for the Sacred Flame. That's a deck save. 
Right, so you you get up on top of the nest. You look through uh, the tunnels, weave and turn in very weird ways. As soon, like it's not very big, but down in there, it's a little strange. But you can see like the edge of its foot, and that's just enough. So you can do it, and it does a save. It totally fails. Nice. Oh, and it takes one, <laughs> one, one damage. There we go. Hmm. Uh, and Meg, it is your turn. Okay. Um. What what do we have left right now? Have we so taken? There's yeah, the where rat are we in at? front of you, who yep. is definitely almost dead. It's missing okay. an arm. It's bleeding severely. There is the rat that is trying to run away through the tunnel through the pipe above. It's about okay. fifteen feet off the ground from you. Yep. There's the rat swarm that uh, Crub is currently interacting with, and then there is a rat that is inside the nest that you're interacting with, that he's he's trying to mess with. Okay, so um, to start, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for the one that's almost dead uh, with my ax again. And I rolled an unnatural 20. Okay. <laughs> to do three points of damage. That is exactly the amount of health he has left. <laughs> wow, that's Yay. convenient. Okay, so one down, and then I'm going to action surge, and um, yeah, I have a question. Am I would I be able to switch weapons? Yeah, that's, like, I don't want to worry about stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so in that case, I'm going to pull out my longbow and aim for the one that's trying to run away, right okay. in the butt. It is going to count mm. as having cover in this situation, though. Well, I rolled a one anyways. Okay, so. yeah. <laughs> um, my shot goes wild. Yeah. And again, Crub, uh, you, you f- feel another thing land in the water near you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to swat at itty-bitty rats. All right. Uh, synthetic 20. Yeah, you got it. And uh, eight damage. Eight damage. Wonderful. Uh, similarly as before, you've moving them around, scaring them. They are, uh, you know what? Actually, roll intimidation. Absolutely. Because as things are going worse, their their health is more morale rather than actual toughness. Uh, that's only going to be a six. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. They're they uh they. They successfully rally, giving a couple small speeches, and they'll they'll hold together. Freedom. Yeah. Uh, and it goes back to the top. The rat swarm is going to attack you. I have gotten like six fives this game. That's really disappointing because I didn't put on my armor of Agathis for nothing. I'm all dressed up and no one can hit me. <laughs> Uh, all right. The other rats are going to act. The rat inside of the nest is going to dig down deeper. And so you can no longer see it. You'd have to go into the nest to try and find him. Mm. The other one is going to actually begin to make pace into the pipe that he's in and is going to keep going. And uh, it's back to Crow Eater. You guys are definitely tipping in you guys' favor. Mm. Crowator sort of looks down into the nest. Well, I've lived a long time. He hops in after the rat. <laughs> Please make a constitution save. All right. Uh. 
I have some of that. Se seven. Seven. Um, let me roll some dice then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's that's quite a bit. Ooh. Excuse me. Um, you jump in and all of a sudden rats just start pouring in from every direction all over you and begin to just bite and tear at you dealing 11 damage. All right, that was a bit of a I mistake. I rolled 2d6. Wow. <laughs> uh, you're still in there and they seem to be only up for one strike like that and then uh, Krub and Meg see the rats from the nest just abandon it they just split and book it in all directions that's all they had in them and they're gone they're home they're just abandoning it they're gone mm -hmm. um is the so can i see the other rat now you totally can yes um i'm going to grab him by the tail and cast inflict wounds <sighs> cool that's a melee spell attack. Uh, i'm gonna give you advantage Oh boy! Because it's it's confined spaces, so all attacks are going to get advantage against each mm. other. Well, my first is a nineteen, and my second is shit. So nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have on your die instead of a one. Yeah. <laughs> a poop emoji. Picture Justin McElroy's face. It's trash. It's trash. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no comment. What am I doing here? Three D ten. Oh wow, that is powerful. Yeah, if I was smart, I'd have broken out my my story path dice, so I'd have a ton of d10. But I'll just roll this three times. Mm -hmm. Ten, twenty, <laughs> twenty-one. <laughs> uh, so this guy who has taken only one point of damage so far instantly shrivels up into a corpse. He is dead. Nice. I got it. <laughs> uh, back to Meg. So the only thing remaining in this room, as far as you can tell, is just the swarm of rats that Crub is messing with. Okay. Um, how far am I from Crub? Am I pretty close? Like close enough to hit the swarm yeah. of rats with like my axe? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna switch back to my axe because obviously my bow did not go very well, and I rolled a twenty-two. Yeah, that'll hit. Four damage. They disperse. Yay. And as far as you guys are aware, nothing else aggressive is in this room. Combat is over. Okay. I'm going to high five Crub because you're the closest to me. Yeah. <sighs> a little bit of cold spikes in your hands, but it doesn't <laughs> hurt too bad. The armor right. Agatha. Just a little bit of a sting. Yeah. Yeah. Just to remind you, you're alive. Speaking of which, are you injured? Uh, I've been injured worse. I I will. Um, I I go in for another high five, and in doing so, go ahead and take five HP back. Wow! Thank you. You're welcome. You, Lay on hands. Are you still injured? Says Crow Eater, poking his head out of the rat's nest. He would be visibly scratched up. Yeah. No yeah. major wounds, but blood coming a little bit out of everywhere. Get over here, Crow. Come on. Come on. All right. I'll let you do it. And uh, he just kind of rubs his hands together and boops you on the nose. And uh, <laughs> uh, as your skin kind of grows back where it was, 
um, you can see it is like kind of at first it is multicolored just as the power of a bunch of different gods course throughs you momentarily. Everybody's just kind of pitching in together to patch you back up. Oh. Uh, how how far down are you? Uh, I'm at 18 of 34. So, OK, uh, go ahead and take 10 back. All right. Keep keep uh, a little bit left in the tank just in case. Yeah, I'll sit on my spell slots for now. Mm hmm. All right. Um, so in the room that we are in right now, there is uh, a big like wheel crank thing. Yep. Uh, underneath right. this pile of clippings of straw and mud and all kinds of crap making up this nest. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the switch thing that we needed to throw in order to bring that gate down. I think you might be right. At about that time... Crow Eater would hear the sound of rats running through a pipe, which is kind of familiar, but a lot louder down below you. Whatever is kicking off seems to be starting. I think we need to do it now. I agree. Um, As they say that, Crow Eater just reaches out and like puts a hand on Crub's shoulder and I cast Enhance Ability to give him bull strength. Mm-hmm. So that's advantage on strength checks. Hey. Can I like go up and brush all of the nest and the the dirt off the top of it for you guys? (laughs) It would be a bit more than just brushing it off. It's caked on there and and packed in. Uh, You could functionally attack it to like break Mm -hmm. it up if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that. I want to I want to like hack at it with my axe. Right on. 14. I mean, you're not going to miss. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And like dig my axe into the floor. Um, should I just do like a damage roll then? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, actually, seven. On a, oh, on a D8 or? That's on a D6. Oh, very nice. It's one D6 plus two. Uh, yeah. You begin to break it up. It's going to take a little bit if you're doing it by yourself, but you're like hacking off the top layer that is on top of the rail. And there's also a bunch of crap underneath it because it's all mushed together. So you're getting like the easy stuff off the top real nice and then start digging around at the underside of it. It smells awful. Yeah, I think I'll help with that part. All right, why don't you roll an attack? Uh, 16 and that's a D6. Ooh, seven. Very nice. Uh, Yeah, you both begin to hammer away at it, hack away at it, and break it all off enough anyway that you should be able to turn this thing. Okay. Um, So I will go ahead and roll strength tech to turn the wheel. Okay. There are, or there were four bars sticking out of the side of it, but there are currently Mm -hmm. only two. Okay. So yeah, roll strength at advantage, of course, and I'm going to roll the thing. Hey, awesome. And the bar that you grab is very sturdy and does not snap. (laughs) 23. Very nice. You push it and the first shove, it does not move a tiny bit. It is super rusted Mm. stuck. And you're like, okay, yeah. Kyle grants me strength. (laughs) And it does not want to go a tiny bit and you don't care what it wants. It's going to (laughs) move and begin to... 
force it to go around and it doesn't really get any easier, but you pick up momentum and pick up speed and start making it go around. It is really, really hard, but it is going and mm-hmm. you hear the creatures down below. Now you all definitely hear them. It's getting quite loud, concerningly loud down below, but the crank begins to make even more noise as it kind of, you know, of not super well lubricated brakes and the grinding of whatever ancient gears are down below moving the, the grate. Uh, mm-hmm. Reminder that we do still have those guidance tokens. Yep. Oh, yeah. And as you hit the last bit, it strikes and kind of gets a bit harder, but not. St- it's not a sudden stop. It's more you hit like even harder to push at the very end, but you push through that and down below you hear some snapping and squishing some terrible sounds on the other Ooh. end. And then a and you hit what's most definitely the end of as far as this thing goes. Mm-hmm. Right. And the skittering noises down below are replaced by sort of a howling sound of a large amount of voices screaming in vaguely upset tone, but Marla just yelling. You know what that sound is? It's the sound of a job well done. Agreed. I high-five both of you this time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Freeze frame. (laughs) We have to jump for that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Freeze frame, triple goblin high-five in a sewer full of shit. (laughs) my favorite mountain goat TP. <laughs> as you head on your way out you would spot the very large grate and the four or five rattlings that were crushed as it was brought down on them you see mm-hmm. one horrified rattling who is stuck on this side of the grate who is just panicking because everyone else is on the other side he's here by himself He's just flipping out, um, and he's also staring quite terrified at the three white rats and is is kind of groveling at them. He appears to be equipped remarkably well. Hmm. He has an actual metal helmet. Wow. Poor craftsmanship, but actual crafted metal by rats. A spear with a metal head to it. And very, very basic rat hide armor. He's wearing over his own rat hide. Mm-hmm. But he is taking no concern of you. He is purely freaking out by the several things that have gone terribly wrong for him just now. Uh, as well as you see the halfling in the same pipe that you saw him in before, looking over at the distressed ratling. Very good job. I want to shoot the halfling like a thumbs up. <laughs> I did not. I, <laughs> I was panicking for the first two words yeah. of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this just went south. <laughs> I will walk up to the halfling and extend my hand. Yes, yes. Here you go. And he places ah. two coins in your hand. Pile watch over ya. Yes, yes, and all that, that. He 
Crub is closest to him, so this doesn't fully function. He knows that, but he kind of whispers over towards Meg. Is, is that an insult of some kind? No, no, man. It's it's a religion thing. Just smile and nod. Okay. The pile. That sounds like a disease. <laughs> it is. It is so much more than that. Don't get him started, man. And now he's starting to do the slow back away from <laughs> the grave. All right. Well, don't don't die on your way out. I'll be on my way. I'm going to approach the ratling while they're having that conversation. Yep. Hello, friend. Do you understand any of the words that I'm saying to you? Or am I wasting my time? Word. Friend. <laughs> All right, close enough. Look, obviously this all didn't happen the way you wanted it to, and it's not going to happen the way you wanted to. So, look, I don't really feel like we need to kill you right now, but I really do need to know that you're not going to try and cause any trouble for us. Lost rat. And he points at the at the stand of three the three white right the three white rats. And then kind of just grabs his head with both his hands and just kind of, ah, not, not good, bad rats, me. Well, I can't believe I'm going to do this. Look, I know what it's like to be at the bottom of a society as you find yourself right now. I'm going to offer you one small opportunity to be peaceable and be safe with us. This is a very short window of opportunity. Safe. I I pull out like maybe just a bit of jerky from a pocket somewhere. It's not an appetizing jerky by other people's standards, but if it's good enough for us, it's probably good enough for him. I offer it to him. And he cautiously takes it begins to nibble on it. Me, bad rats. Bad. Oh, that's fine. I mean, look at us. We're all the bad ones. We're just the leftovers. You might be a bad rat, but you might be an excellent goblin. Our standards are quite low. Mm. <laughs> the pile accepts all. You can see, for, for the most part, very few of your words are getting through. He's not getting much of it, and he's responding with the very few words that he knows. But he's just kind of lowers his head and will follow along. Like, he's not sure exactly what you want, but he's like, I'm dead anyway, whatever you're gonna do. I glance at Magan Crub. Close enough? Close enough. Close enough. Let's go home. Come on, lad. Uh, on your way out, you would go back into the servants' entrance, uh, one of the or, or the servants' area. The servants would fetch their master again, who would come in and say, "Ah, yes, the the four goblins I sent down below. I thank you very much for dealing with the vermin. Let it go." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Payments will be sent on to your clan. Thank you very much. Uh, I have a continued party to 
attend. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, on your way. And it's a pleasure to be in your home. Do keep us in your books if you ever need any help in the future. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll refer to your clan again if I need you. And heads back upstairs. Right. Let's, um... Let's get out of here. Let's do. In a, in a very questioning tone, the rat like says, Kill sweet flesh? No. No kill. Uh, no, no. No kill. No, not right now. Employer. Don't kill employer. G- he gives money. We need money. Sorry, that was my cat. The whole thing's just going entirely <laughs> over his head. He's just, he, he feed us. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. And so he'll follow you along back to the clan. And as you head on, we look back at Amaranthine, a city that doesn't care very much for goblins. <laughs> <laughs> And a city that would probably fall apart if there weren't any around. Thank you very much for playing. Yay! Yay! We won the D&D. We won D&D and we made a friend. We made a friend. We crossed some boundaries. We broke down some barriers. One very yeah. specific one, and we brought another one down. Specifically, one made of metal and spikes. <laughs> yes. And on that note, I'm going to stop my recording. Same here. Uh, we should do a, a sign out first. Oh yeah. Before we stop recording. I'm Vin Labate. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Reciprocity, and I appear on the Chimera, an actual play podcast, which you can find in all your regular podcast places. And on Twitter or Facebook at ChimeraPod or at thechimera.space. Uh, I've been Chase Greenlee. You can find me on my podcast, my actual play podcast, Another Path, um, where I am the GM. You can also find me on my literal roundtable Shakespeare podcast, Shakespeare. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at TQ Loudly. I am Tracy. From the broadswords, you can find me on Twitter at TracySore, like dinosaur. Um, and you can also find the broadswords pretty much everywhere at the broadswords. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. Uh, please come and check us out. I am Shogun on Twitter. I'm Shogun117. I uh, run the Mimic Nights every other Tuesday and the Shadowrun New Atlantis every other thursday on the welcome to the party twitch channel that is a welcome party rpg on twitch uh and yeah thank you very much for playing all of you guys thank you thank you that's mm-hmm. wonderful thank as always you. yeah this is a good time yeah uh, and that's it for us this week um probably i'll have the actual proper sign off so there's no point in my saying that but i did anyway mm-hmm <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Exquisite Lich. 
Our theme music is Good Ideas, Poorly Executed by Steve Combs, and you can find a link to it and all the other music used in this episode in the show notes. You can find us on Twitter at Exquisite Lich, where we'll be posting details about the world and its inhabitants with each new adventure, or at exquisitelich.com, where you can find links to all our contributors and their amazing work. And if you're so inclined, stop by iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. We deeply appreciate it. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on The Exquisite Lich.